sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing, well, I think we're going to call it uh, the library versus the internet, just for to make it sound snappy. Um, How about vinyl versus MP3? Oh, I just said we're calling it the library versus the internet, Pat, so why are you trying to make me look the ass? But we okay, do, we vinyl are, versus MP3. We're joined this week by a returning guest. Apparently he suffered some uh, blunt cranial trauma because he decided to come back. Will Stegman? Hello. Not only did I come back, but I, I like lobbied to come back. You did. You you came up with the idea for this episode, so thank you. And uh, and a new guest. Uh, we're gonna call her our youth culture correspondent, Allison Abrams. Hi, I'm a gross young person. <laughs> yes, that's that is how the culture views young people as gross. I think you're you're here talking with three guys in their forties, so I assume you're the envy of all your friends. And we're going to talk about uh, music. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about it, Will, because this was your idea. Sure. First, I'd like to say I am merely weeks into my 40s. Like, I turned 40 like six <laughs> weeks ago. So it, it hardly even counts as me being in my 40s. You're even in though, your 40s, Will. Even though I started saying I was in my 40s four years ago. <laughs> like People would ask me after I turned 36, how old are you? I'm like, 40. I just wanted to get it over with and get used to it. And um, doesn't sound like it's stuck yet. No, it hasn't. Because now I'm not that I'm there. I'm denying it. Like I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. And then I turned 40 and I'm like, this is garbage. I want to be 25 again. And uh, do you, it, though? I do only in the sense that I would like to do a lot of things that happened between 25 and 35 over again. Sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind being physically 25, but when I think back on my 20s, it's pretty miserable. I mean, I'm I'm much happier in my 40s, I have to say. But I think that also is a function of just as you age, you give less and less of a shit about uh, about everything, really. And not yeah. about everything, but uh, you, you kind of find out what's important. See, I was I'm in much better shape at 40 than I was at 25. 25, I was just a pile of garbage, and um, I slowly worked that pile down to a smaller pile of garbage, and uh, yeah, I, I would like to be 25, but be in the shape that I am at 40, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm kind of going the opposite. I'm looking forward to uh, morbid obesity in my Ooh. 50s, hopefully. You can do it. See, as is the case when you talk to me. I get wildly off topic, and we talk about everything except the thing we planned on talking about. Yeah, that only so, happens when we talk to you, Will. Yes. <laughs> yeah, usually we're pinpoint. We only talk about whatever the topic of the episode yeah. is. So Look, it's your yeah, fault. Normally, you guys get these episodes done in 15 minutes. Issue... Our, best, our best has been a five-minute episode about Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing to say about that movie. Right. It's just like, look, people we're go. We stage play, so even uh... less to say. <laughs> All right, let's let Will explain this episode, Pat, if you can All stop right. jumping in. Or just in. keep talking about his body. <laughs> just well, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, Will at 40 versus Will at 25, and we'll include pictures. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so the reason we're here today is the last time that we, uh, that John, Pat, and I met here, we were talking specifically about REM records. And I was talking about the way that when I discovered R.E.M. as like a 13, 14-year-old, there was no reliable way for me to get information about them. Like They became my favorite band, but to learn about them, I had to go to a library, go through like the periodicals index, if they had one, because there were libraries. All, you know, I lived in a library-friendly uh, town. There were multiple libraries, not to brag, but... We had a lot of public libraries. Um, I either had to flip through you know, music magazines and hope that something was in there or go to a periodicals index and then finally go to microfilm where I would scroll through 
you know, hundreds of magazines looking for articles about a band I like, starting with REM and then sort of work, you know, through REM, discovering that, okay, they covered Velvet Underground songs, so who were they? And then just sort of going backwards through the discovery of music. It was a, it was a long process, and because I was, I had limited information and I was poor, um, at the end of this process, this was all to discover, like, what record was I going to buy with the $12 I had that month, if I was lucky. So it became this research project, because I, I only had a limited amount of money to spend, and I wanted to spend it wisely. Um, now, if I want to buy music, first of all, I have more than $12. I can just, not to brag, but I can just buy yeah, whatever okay. That is I'm kind of a brag. I it's nice to have the 1% on the show. Look, I can't help it if I'm filthy rich. All right, look, I live in a one-bedroom. That's right, not zero-bedroom, one-bedroom apartment, just miles from the Pacific Ocean. Suck so, at all of you in studio apartments. Right. That's Will's take, message. Take that, people sleeping on a couch. I have two couches. Mm-hmm. One for me. One for my dog. <laughs> that is one. Yeah, that is some one percent stuff. You forgot oh, to yeah. mention, Will, when uh, you were talking about how you used to find music. That uh, how we all had uh, mutton chops and frilly collars and monocles too. Right, I, top hats. I'm imagining that's how Allison is uh, picturing us in our youth. Well, yeah. The problem I had is I didn't have an older brother. I was the older brother. I was as so well. I, yeah. I had nobody to say, oh you should check this out. Like if anyone was saying like, hey kid, you should try this, they were giving me drugs because the other, again, not to brag, but people gave me a lot of drugs when I was a kid. Um, well, that's one of the joys of youth. Isn't it? Like when you hit a certain age, people just stop handing you narcotics for free. Like they expect you to buy things, which is bullshit. Like I'm sure that, you know, Allison, look, I don't know what it's like for the kids these days, but I'm sure people are always handing you the drugs, the alcohol, oh, the glue I'm sure to sniff. Allison's got like a stockpile of uh, salvia and mollies in her place. No, I. What do people hand me? I don't know. People hand me uh, opportunities to play board games. Oh, that's a that's a thing. Um, no, I mean I I never. I was the kid who, after prom in high school, we went home and played board games. After my prom, I. <laughs> had the limousine that my friend Chris and I rented with our dates drop us off at the hourly motel that was behind my high school. Um, and then the next morning when my prom was over, I had no money to get my date and I home. And we were in this, let's just generously call it, if not a crack motel, a um, not fancy motel by any means. So I want to I know was, what the zoning is like in this town where the, the, the crack, not crack hotel is right behind the high school. There, it was very lax regulations in uh, Copeg, New York, where you could have a crack motel and a school side by side. Um, luckily for me, Easy shopping. as I was walking out of said crack motel to go to a payphone to make a collect call, my dad was leaving a room adjacent to mine. <gasps> and we met... Wow. In the parking lot, and that is how I got home from my prom. Before we <laughs> before we go on, <laughs> I think Pat will agree with me that um, Will. I think we need to have you on for an episode called "Stories of Will's Dad." <laughs> um, yes, we can do that another time. But anyway, that's how I discovered music, and I don't know. I I don't know how people younger than me find music anymore. Like, Allison, since you are the, uh, the, the youth culture correspondent, how do you do this? How does it work these days? Well, so I'll start by saying that I am, I am still both of an age and of parents who were not technologically savvy, that I was kind of a late adopter to a lot of things. I myself have used microfilm for various projects, oh. uh, you know, listen to cassette tapes when I was a youngin, and, you know, which obviously I know is, you know, 
not doesn't have the the cred of of listening to the Andrews sisters. Um, <laughs> I'm a, you know, because apparently that's how what I think all of you are aged at. Uh, and so spot on. That was my yeah. first. That was my first uh, Victoria. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so I I guess before I forget, I do have an older brother, but I was cursed with an older brother who kind of only liked crappy metal music. Such so, as kind of give redundant. us examples. Sounds like John. Uh, Sort of like the the lazy top level of metal, like doesn't dig a whole lot deeper. So like the your Metallica's, your Iron Maidens. Um, so I guess not bad, but but certainly not. He he is not much of into music discovery, except he likes um that Canadian folk singer who died tragically. Um, C- can you be more specific? <laughs> that describes a lot of Canadian folk singers. Not Gordon Lightfoot, the other one. The other one, got it. I could figure it out if if, we'll, we'll, if sure, we'll figure someone it had out. Google. Oh, but we yeah, had so that. yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. So so I could get stuff from him, but tended to not want to. Um, so my first sort of music discoveries were mostly through my parents because they both have pretty good taste in music. Um, my mom was always into sort of like new new wave with sort of some disco thrown in. Um, and my dad, among liking a lot of stuff that I didn't like, did have a soft spot for early punk. So I think The Clash was probably my first favorite band um, back in, like, middle school. And I still obviously love them. But that was sort of before before I knew any other way to discover music. Um, um, Allison, if I may jump in here. The yes. can, the Canadian folk singer who died tragically, I believe you're referring to Stan Rogers. Yes. Thank you. Good oh, work. I... And just to place a point of reference, um, my mother, who's a big fan of the podcast, also, like Allison's dad, fan of The Clash, saw The Clash open for The Who at Shea Stadium in 1983. 82, right? Oh, 83, 82. yeah. No, you're correct, 82. <laughs> That's so cool. I want to so, hang out with your mom. <laughs> she's on Twitter. You can track her down. <laughs> she's also she, big um, into Supernatural, the TV show, fandom. So, I does she make those gifts that come that show up all over the place? The animated gifts that come from that show. She does. Bless, <laughs> bless her heart. She loves Supernatural. I'm just glad that she has found a community that makes her happy. She's a doing community good. of preteens. Yes. She has, you know, she had six kids. She spends a, she spends a lot of time around children. She likes to stay. I would guess, Allison, because I know a little bit about you and I know how sort of smart and savvy you are, that my mom is pra- is probably better in tune with what teenagers are into, the, the average teenager is into these days than you are. It sounds like she is. I've never seen an episode of Supernatural. It sounds like she is to me, too, because I bet she didn't spend uh, the aftermath of her prom playing board games. Yeah, you should have had, you had your mom on. She, oh. she probably could speak better about the teen experience. She, next time. Allison, can we have the episode about Supernatural versus Bewitched? We'll have her on. Oh, she could speak smartly on both of those. Can I ask Allison... Um, in the interest of staying on topic, uh, what was the uh, theme of your prom? The so- theme oh. song. Did th- was there a theme song? I don't think there was. It was a really like lazy large public school prom where they were just sort of like, we know you need to have one, but we're not going to put a whole lot of frills into it. Right. Um, so it definitely happened. Um, I wore a dress I bought at a thrift store. That's awesome. about the things I remember. <laughs> uh, what didn't have a date. Did you play? Um, I think I probably tried to make people play Ticket to Ride, which is a train-based board game. Which is super fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, I don't know. Probably something stupid. Um, what? Well, so, after, okay, so you got into music uh, through your parents and not Yeah, your... which I feel like everyone does at first. Yes, um, absolutely. Uh... And... My mom listened then, to, I'll tell you, my mom listened to a lot of John Denver, a lot of Jim Croce, a lot of Doobie Brothers, so I was not so much into getting the music off my, my parents. Now, if I'm correct here, 
Stan Rogers, Jim Croce, John Denver all died in plane crashes. It's the it's the lot of the folk singer. I just found out recently people speculate that John Denver killed himself. I never had heard that before. In a plane crash? Yeah, he crashed the plane on purpose. Uh, he was flying the plane. Yes. Yes. I didn't know he was flying a plane. Oh, he was. I mean, it may have been his first day. So. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, Are you talking about the plane it, or John? Either way. Right. He was a baby. He was. He was a newborn. They put him behind the controls. He crashed. He was. Pr- I mean, he did have a babyish look. I mean, he kind of looked like an egg, really. So maybe pre-baby. Maybe he was a Benjamin Button. Oh my god, you may have cracked the code on this. Anyhow, we're getting off topic as we always Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I don't know if I want to bring it back or not. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so then probably my next stage of music discovery was uh, I was a library rat of a kid. Spent a lot of time at the library. I also had a good library system. Um, so, yeah, I would just sort of... They had a pretty decent CD collection. Um that you could, you know, you could just check out whatever. So I would just pick random things, and sometimes that would lead me to pick out a Queens of the Stone Age record, because I was like, I've heard of this. And then I would listen and say, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> but that's that was sort of the next stage. And then I think... I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think yeah. CDs, CDs and DVDs at libraries are something that's different now than when we... Than the three of us were kids that is awesome that you can it used to be they'd have some vhs's and nothing else at the library as far as non-book stuff to to consume and now it's if you go to most good libraries you're going to find every good movie that's ever made or a lot of them and a lot of music to listen to and that's awesome that that's available yeah it was always a really nice thing because i similarly only had twelve dollars so but with inflation that was a lot of money so you're kind of rich but you know what i realized though Remember how insanely priced CDs used to be? Oh yeah, I yeah, like what at least five thousand dollars for us. It was just like just like VHS tapes. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad, but when CDs first sort of came to mainstream, you know, where they they went beyond a specialty item, they were artificially inflated in price. So with my twelve bucks, I was still buying cassettes. Because CDs were regularly seventeen to eighteen ninety nine. Yep. I think when they were that price, I didn't have a CD player, so I I, I was able to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was with you, Will. I was I was uh, a cassette guy well into the CD age. Absolutely, because also I did a lot of I listened to a lot of music in my car, and I didn't have a CD player in my car. What was I a millionaire? Twelve. I mean, your you were getting offered a lot of drugs. I was. And, you know, I was spending, you know, a lot of money on, uh, you know, just, you know, stupid things. that I, Concert tickets. Um, uh, let's see. I bought, I spent a lot of money on T-shirts. I bought a lot of T-shirts at concerts as a teenager. Oh, me too. That's all I wore. None of, yeah. Um, I think that the point where, as a, where you hit adulthood is when you realize... Um, you no longer have any concert t-shirts. I guess I'm not an adult quite yet. See? Keep it going. I don't have any anymore. But I'm interested. I still have my Robin Hitchcock one. I actually used to have a Robin Hitchcock concert. I once passed out on Robin Hitchcock's stage. He was not thrilled with that. <laughs> like I was just sort of leaning on it, and I was, let's just say I was very drunk. And while he was playing at the... Knitting factory in New York, I just passed out face down on the stage. That actually, I mean, that, that's kind of a, a visual that fits in with Robin's music. I, I could picture it. Yeah, he, he was not pleased. Oh, he and made something of that. Years later, I, was, I saw him in Los Angeles, and uh, I was standing upright at this show, and he looked at me and said, oh, you're here. Oh, my God. <laughs> He recognized you, and that does not well. Yeah, that does not stop me from being a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I do not believe he's a big fan of me. Well, can you blame him? No, I can't. To be fair, I'm not a big fan of me. Well, I am. Will if that counts for anything? Yeah, it counts for everything. 
Allison, I'm I'm intrigued because we got you on as a youth correspondent, and yet it seems like your life your life was pretty parallel to the way we grew up. Was there some point when you stopped getting music from the library and started using the internet? Because the internet was around when you were in eighth grade, right? Yeah. Um, so I will say, I think also my experience might be different from some people in that, like, Will, how far from New York City were you when you grew up? Uh, 30, 45 minutes, depending on how the train was running. So there's also definitely, like, I think a wider array of, of real life opportunities when, when you put that into the picture. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a suburb of Minneapolis, so there there is a music community in Minneapolis, but not not an all ages one of any sort. And right. you need a car to go anywhere. So I definitely didn't, you know, I sort of had this mentality of like music is just something you listen to while you're sitting down or riding a bus. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I would say probably around high school was when I started really getting more into using the internet to find music. Um, uh, it was also around the time I got into podcasts really heavily. And so that was actually a big thing for me in terms of the, here are these people that you respect and you listen to. Um, and so kind of it just became a thing where if they suggested I listen to someone, I would put that on a list of musicians that I would look for at the used CD store. Yeah, po- podcasts are, are have become sort of the older brother or older sister of uh, of the uh, of the day because I get I these days get a ton of recommendations from podcasts or in the case of this podcast the creepy uncle <laughs> speak for yourself oh I am <laughs> oh okay good well um oh go ahead <laughs> no no I was gonna say that's it's interesting to me that uh, it was that late in your life that you, that you got into, uh, music via the internet and podcasts and stuff. Wait, late in her life, Allison, are you dying? Yeah. Oh, oh this is, uh, this is my last day. R.I.P. And I'm spending it on this Thank, podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was a good choice. What do you have planned for the rest of your life? She's going to um, be flying a plane tonight, I, I assume. <laughs> oh yeah. That's how I got to go out. Um, Very nice. Probably just like, I don't know. Eat some eat some chips. That's what life's all about, right? Right. You want to, you know, you want when you go, you want to have eaten some chips. Maybe take a good nap in the middle of the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Like if you have four hours to live, nap for three of those. I'm a little disappointed that your your last day is chips so generic, and you didn't take an opportunity to have a sponsor. Like my last day is going to involve Doritos, Cool Ranch flavor. Yeah, get us some money. <laughs> How well, trashy do you think I am that I'm eating Cool Ranch Doritos? Well, uh, I I didn't know that was I didn't know that was a bad thing. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> we're old. We yeah, we're we're not up on these things. I, I thought all all kids loved Cool Ranch. That's that's why I'm, I'm out of, out of touch. Uh, we, I mean, to uh, judge by Hidden Valley commercials, kids love ranch dressing and Sunny D. The uh, see talking to us old people instead of saying eating chips what we used to say is we're going to eat some ponch and johns but you probably don't get that reference um it took I, me a second to remember the reference John, i just want to say i'm a big fan of that reference that, well I'm, I'm not a fan of that reference i love it i hope it. we never have an episode of chips versus cops i think really <laughs> That's that's the main difference between these generations is our, our references, right? Like we, the three of us will walk around saying, "Hey, hey, hey, what's happening, Raj?" Uh, uh. And I assume Allison walks around saying, "That's so Raven." Um, but really, yeah, it's the only difference, right? Uh, do you get a lot of older people, like people our age, saying, "What? You've never heard of blah blah blah?" I think that's more. So again, this is sort of where you pick the outlier, the outlier young person. Um. Where I choose to fraternize a lot with with older people, um, because that's a lot of my reference bank, um, and so it's just a little easier. So I still do get people saying that you had heard of this, but it's it's a little easier than hanging out with people my age, and and they play the music, and I say, "What is this trash?" <laughs> so you're saying that as old people, we should not fear children that they're not all going to um, drop the base and, um, and uh, kidnap our children. 
Yeah, I don't the dropping the bass thing. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, why can't they all just listen to some nice power pop or uh, you know just something nice and lots of guitars? All right, we're changing you from our youth I, culture correspondent to our um, our curmudgeon, young curmudgeon. Uh, yeah, our correspondent. Young curmudgeon is a. Is I don't want to say that. It's hard to say young curmudgeon. So YCC. What's the other C? That's for you to figure out. All right. Do you still know. buy CDs, Allison? Yeah, I, I am sort of this weird relic of physical media loving. Um, I will you, buy things on iTunes if I don't think I will find them anywhere else. But wait, after you buy the CD, do you rip it? Yeah. Okay. But then That's I don't sell it. I just keep it. Oh, so you're honest. So you really don't belong on this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not good at uh, illegal downloading because I feel too uh, irresponsible and guilty for it. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't. I'm yeah, I'm. You're, see, that's you're, you. you go even further because you keep the CD. I mean, you don't. Yeah, you don't sell it to UCD stores. That's that's very honest. That's really a throwback because I work with a lot of uh, younger people and they seem to have no problem with the illegal downloads. I I don't do it. I pay for everything I get um, with music. I, because you want the musicians to be able to continue making more music. Right. That's that's kind of my thing is that because I hear about so much of it through podcasts or whatever, it's it's a little too hard to to steal even if it's such a small thing. And I, I mean I do my my brother will always then make the point that UCDs don't really go to help them either, which is most of the CDs that I buy, but at least in a general economic sense, it's Supply well, and you're demand. Keeping, you're keeping the record store open. You're, you know, you're keeping that door open. Right. At some point, yeah. they got money for the CD you're buying. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I have to reassure myself. In you know, when this is keeping me up at night. Um, as it as it does. As it should. Morals. Um, so it I, sounds I guess, like your brother does download illegal music, and he was trying to guilt you into doing the same. He actually doesn't. He's he would get mad at me for uh, checking out CDs from the library and ripping them onto my computer because he <laughs> thought that that was really immoral. Well, he's drank. He's he drank the Metallica Kool Aid. Yeah, really. I guess he's just really feeding into their anti Napster sentiments. Well, let's be let's be fair. Uh, how would Iron Maiden make a living without people buying their CDs, scrimping and saving for every penny? These guys. Well, you oh know, yeah, they... they're living very frugally. I have to say, I don't know your feelings on Iron Maiden. I personally, I love Iron Maiden. I, I, think, Iron, I think Iron Maiden is great. Um, they're not a band that I listen to anymore, but when I was a dirtbag teenager, I loved Iron Maiden. And uh, I enjoy the idea of Iron Maiden these days. I'm glad that they're still out there doing their thing. Um, my favorite thing about Iron Maiden these days is there was a recent Nico Case cover of Number of the Beast. Oh, which is damn i missed that po- somehow possibly the greatest thing i've heard in the last year i will say i prefer iron maiden to a lot of the stuff my brother has gotten into lately which is soundgarden oh i mean, that's another favorite of my mom's by the way <laughs> we, we really need to get you you two connected yeah I, um i'm with you will i was a uh, iron maiden was my third concert i think 84 nice our very stage. nice yeah um, well, Will, uh, we're going to go to break in a minute, I think, but Will, I, w- I wanted to ask you about, uh, how do you consume music nowadays? Do you still, uh, buy physical media or is it mostly downloads? Um, I buy almost no physical media of any time, to- of any kind, including books. Uh, I have no room for it. Yep. You know, I, I look at, you know, people, friends of mine and they're like, I need to have room for books. And I'm like, that is fantastic. That is just a. It, it is expensive to have a place big enough to have all your stuff. Um, so I I own maybe a dozen physical CDs at this point, and for the most part, they're either like you know box sets or uh, things that are signed. Uh, same thing for books. I probably own two dozen books. Everything else, I've gone exclusively to uh, digital. Um, about a year, uh, 
I guess three years ago, I'm losing track of time in my old age, I sold all of my CDs. Yes, I did rip them all to my hard drive. Um, and now I'm keeping that cycle going. Somebody else is walking around with uh, an embarrassing collection of 90s era CDs that I no longer had use for. I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I've pretty much... I don't really fetishize the physical media. I have some box sets as well, uh, but that's about it. But for me, with books, I can't, I can't do it. I do have, you know, I do have an e-reader, and I, I read a lot of stuff on there. But I can't bring myself to part with my five thousand pounds of books for some reason, which I don't really yeah. have the room for either. But I don't want. But you don't have a second couch, so you have more room. It's true. I have no second couch, so. I don't want to store them when I move. I don't want to move them. They're, they're just, they're, they're gone. Um, I have to say, when I was going through the process of getting rid of all my CDs, the most embarrassing thing for me was coming to grips with how many Jane's Addiction records I own. <laughs> and I have to say, like, I, as a 17-year-old, If it's more than one, I think you're in bad shape. Go ahead, No, it's like, it like four. Um, I, as a, as a 17 year old hitchhiked, uh, many miles through the midlands of New Jersey to see Jane's addiction at the first Lollapalooza, um, which I realize as I'm saying this, Allison happened before you were born. Um, that is not your fault. That is just how time works. Thank um, you for not blaming me. Cause there is a tendency to blame people for, I for... was kind of, yeah, I was kind of blaming you a little bit in my mind. So I'm glad Will said that. But I realized, like, I'm more embarrassed by my teenage love of Jane's addiction than any actual addiction I've had. As well, I as as well, you should be, Will. I'm. It's. I I, I applaud you for being brave enough to uh, to admit it in a public forum. But the more I think about it, it's like, you know, Jane's addiction was was awful. It was just objectively awful. Um, Would you say Jane's addiction is art disco? I think that Jane's Addiction is our doors. Oh, I would agree with that. I actually like Disco Pat, so I... I think Jane's Addiction is... I like is... the doors. I like some doors songs, too, and I like... don't like it in Jane's Addiction, but I agree. Sounds good. Yeah, I just think it's that thing that kids of a certain age loved and just does not hold up to even the... Um, to the slightest bit of um, of digging. Like, as, as, you, as you look at their stuff, it just does... It does not hold up to any sort of examination. Nope. It, it fails under any scrutiny, for sure. Pat, before we go to break, uh, what about you? What is your, what is your preferred uh, method of, of consuming media? It hasn't changed that much. I, I was always someone who read mostly from books from the library, and now that i got an e-reader, it's mostly from the library on the e-reader. So it's basically the same. And once in a while, if I really, really like a book, I'll buy it so I have a copy. And uh, I lost. I steal a lot of music from you. So from me, well, I buy it at least. Uh, to me, it's different because that's like making a mixtape for people back in the day, which I also did a lot. Um, and people made for me, as long as somebody's paying for it, and I, I will only put you know one song per artist on a thing. I don't feel so bad because I feel like maybe that's given people uh, introducing them to an artist that they might then go and buy. But uh, mostly, if I'm gonna buy music, I, I buy the CD and rip it because I like to have the CD. So I, I guess that's weird. But it, if you buy it from Amazon, you get the actual rip already. And there's a UCD store that's pretty good near me, so I use that sometimes too. So right. mostly, I, I buy the I buy it. All right. Well, I think that's a good point to take a break. Uh, we will take a quick break and come back and uh, talk about well with our laser-like focus that we've been showing in this episode, uh, more about the library versus the internet. So uh, we'll be right back, everybody. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro computers wearing earphones oh. he almost died for conversation hallucinations good vibrations van dyke parks great racing. 
We're back, and uh, I believe we are now going to delve into the murky waters of Tumblr. So, I'll just sort of, I just, Allison, I come into other people's podcasts and take over. So, lesson here, never invite me to do anything, because I will start to to drive things in the directions I want them to go. Or immediately do it if you're lazy. Right. Well, in the break, we were talking about Tumblr, and we were discussing... Um, as Pat was pointing out, the Tumblr has an issue with, or Tumblr users have an issue with properly crediting the creator of things. And I think that there's a connection between the idea that stuff on the internet is free for everyone and you don't need to credit the original writer or artist, and the idea that music should be free for download. So, Allison, as our young curmudgeon, how do you feel about intellectual property and uh, the idea that things should not be paid for? Yeah, I mean, I think that actually that sort of then relates into Spotify, um, which is probably the biggest difference between me and my peer group now um, is that because I don't I feel like I don't know a lot of people who download music illegally anymore. I just everyone I know uses Spotify for everything. And there is something to me about Spotify, about the idea that sort of you don't have to like an artist because it's all about you're not listening to any one person for that long of a time that, like, freaks me out. And it's kind of in the same way that Tumblr freaks me out, which is, I don't know if that's a connection that makes sense, but it's just this idea that no one can focus on anything for that long. So do you feel that your friends um, or, you know, your peers don't have the same depth of knowledge about things that maybe you do or your parents did? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of, yeah, I think Spotify gives sort of a, maybe a bit more of a breadth um, in that you are rolling across to all these different things. So occasionally I do come across the idea that, one of my friends will actually be aware of a band that I, I really like, but it's, you know, rather than how I got into them, which is not necessarily better or worse, but, um, you know, would be through some recommendation from a podcast that then I looked at bands that those people had been in previously and who they cited as influences and, you know, sort of the circuitous route, whereas someone just had it randomly. Oh, hey, sorry about the car okay. noises. Um, Are you talking to oh. us while you're driving? Uh, yeah, it's uh, some really good podcasting technique for everyone out there is uh, podcast while you're driving, oh. while you're on the open road. Oh, I'm um, on a motorcycle this whole time. you got some really good windscreen going on. Isn't it, right? My dog has goggles on. She's in the sidecar. It's great. Oh. I'm impressed she can sleep through that. She can sleep and through tweet. anything. She's, she's a magic dog. Please continue, Allison. Oh, just, um, yeah, so it, it's sort of people will sort of accidentally run into things that I think are good, but they don't necessarily have the same knowledge of, of where, who the people are or what, where they come from. Well, why, couldn't, why couldn't they do that with Spotify? I mean, what, what is, difference does it make if they use CDs or go use Spotify to find other bands people are in and that kind of thing? I mean, I think they could, but I think the kind of people who gravitate towards a Spotify listening experience don't necessarily have that voracious need to, you know, okay, I like this one thing, so I'm going to learn everything I can about everything else these people have done and who they play with and all of that. I think it's sort of just this idea of background music noise. is its own thing that just sort of happens. It's like a liberal arts major. You have a, a very uh, surface knowledge oh. of a lot, a wide breadth of things. No offense to liberal arts majors. I'm very offended. Were you a liberal arts major? <laughs> yes. Where did you... I, I? I went to a series of colleges. Oh right, I um, do. I actually know this. Yes. I went to a series of colleges um, for a series of reasons, and um, cannot say more for fear of incriminating myself. Um, although I have talked about how I got to college on other things. But anyway, this is 
it's really bad podcasting when you talk about other podcasts you are on. No, it's fine. The Whale Cave, I listened to that. Recently, I did an episode of The Whale Cave. Where you where spoke I talked on about, this, yes. I spoke about committing revenge fraud in order to go to college. So, Allison, I'm, yeah, I'm very intrigued. Your friends, like, in general, your your friends that you have, are they like you where they're, they get very heavily into um, into all the background and, and doing the research on the stuff, or, or are they more just like the, the general Spotify user you're talking about? I think most friends who are in my, my sort of peer group are not that same kind of, they, they're not voracious in the same way. I think there is sort of just a type of person who was born with that hunger to sort of just eat all the pop culture and know all the things. Um, it's sort of, I, I refer to it as, as the um, Jake Fogelnest mentality, where just sort of, you are a person who needs to know as many of the references as you can, and then know as much about how the references connect. Um, I think that that's not, it's, it's becoming rarer as, as time goes on, but there's still some people my age who have it, but not as many. Yeah, that why, was... Why do you think it's becoming rarer? Um, because it's just easier to not need to know those things, and then if for some reason it comes up, you can Google it. Uh, right, yeah, the internet makes it super easy to just get the, little, the one little nugget of information you need. And, and disregard all the rest, I feel like. But isn't it so neat when something is filled with references and you catch half of them and then later you can look at all the other references? It's, it's fun. Well, That's it's what's fu- great about early Simpsons stuff. It's fun being a geek, for sure. Um, it is definitely Oh, yeah, big... I mean... Go ahead. It's a great time to be one. I, I love the internet for the same reason that I dislike it, in the sense that everything is available... But it, it sort of avails your, itself to having a surface knowledge about a lot of things. But when I when to use Jake Fogelnest as a reference, I'm a big fan of Jake and his work. Sometimes he'll make a reference that I it just goes over my head, and I can find out what it is right away. And I guess the whole sort of um, overarching I don't know, not argument but discussion we're having is: was it better to have a narrow but really informed focus or to have that surface um, broad knowledge. And I think, Allison, you kind of fall in the middle where there are some things that you have a very deep and smart and, and really um, intense knowledge of, but you also know enough about references. Um, you know, you do your homework as much as you have to. So, you know, is there, do you ever find yourself frustrated by not knowing more about something. Oh, absolutely. And that's especially a thing that comes when you do choose to hang around with older people because there are things you have to hide that you don't know. Um, For example, this is not a confession I've ever really made anywhere. I don't know if I've ever listened to a Velvet Underground song. Um, Really? It was not a thing that ever hit me as as a very young person. Um, because I sort of went about things a different way. And then sort of only recently is it a thing that people were talking about. And now I felt like it would be too late to get into them because I'd sound like an idiot being like, I'm really into the velvet underground right now. So I just kind of jumped over it. Well, here's the thing about old people. We like to explain things. It's very much like if you just go out in the street today, um, find someone age 35 or older and say, excuse me, ma'am or sir, can you tell me about the Velvet Underground? And a light will go off in that person's eyes. You will have made their year. Like, just go out in the street. In You're going to have to say it to about 100 people before that happens, though. Put, put the phone down. Just go outside. Allison, it's been great talking to you. Enjoy going outside <laughs> and asking someone about the Velvet Underground. Let me tell you, if I walked I don't think outside it's ever too- my house and someone said to me, sir, please tell me about the Velvet Underground, <laughs> I would cry. Because my life finally had meaning. But I don't think it's ever too late to get into something. Like you said, you'd feel like a fool to say you're into the Velvet I don't think it's ever too late because I'd never heard the Velvet Underground until last year. And it was a lot of fun to listen to. So I don't think it's ever too late to catch up. Yeah, I got into them late uh, 
in for being as big a music geek as I was. I mean, I was I was still a teen, but but um, I was not. It, it was very late in my musical development that I finally got into the Velvet Underground. Yeah, I don't think I think that nobody's going to judge you for for being into something that's so seminal and so awesome, no matter how old you are. Oh, I think that kind of thing's ridiculous. Like, I my girlfriend uh, is eight years younger than I am, um, and that is a brag. And uh, <laughs> I I remember she had never heard Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield, and I was like, how the fuck have you never heard this? And then I thought to myself. Why would she have heard this, and why is it important to me that she heard this? It's right. It's. I mean, it's a fine song. I. I have nothing against uh, the great Rick Springfield, but yeah, that that kind of thing where where people are judging you for that that is one of the downfalls of of geekiness is that that some people will do that. But I. Yeah, I really think. Yeah, there's no prize for getting into something first. No. Well, and I think that that's a very generational or subgenerational difference between people who are more around your guys' age and people who are even five, eight years younger that I've found. It's sort of people in their late 20s to sort of mid-late 30s tend to be a lot. They're the ones who are more aggressive about how dare you not know this because I think that's when they're just starting to realize that people are younger than them. So yeah. they're the ones who are most aggressive about age and ageism stuff. I think, you know, years ago I would like, oh my God, I can't believe you never heard of you know, the cramps or something. But as I get older, I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like the music doesn't disappear. Like I remember um, years ago, like someone was talking about they were upset that they didn't go and buy a record the first day it was out. And I remember saying, like, like, what is it? Is it, like, are they going to pull it from the shelves tomorrow? Like, it will still be there. Um, but there's plenty of stuff. This is, again, beauty of the Internet. Like, I've been going back over the years and filling in tons of gaps in my musical knowledge. Um, you know, things, oh, I, I just never heard that. I'm going to go back and, and I'm, it's not too late to learn. No, and I do it to this day, yeah. I, I seem to have like a hyper-focus where I have a lot of knowledge about certain s- packets. So a lot, all my life people have said, you've never heard of such and such? I can't believe it. So my response has always been, sorry? Because I don't know why it's such a... I never knew why it was such a big deal. But uh, Allison's right. Some people do make a huge deal out of it. And I I really don't understand. But just like some people make a huge deal out of it when you don't like their personal pet favorite thing. And just, well, oh, no, that's... Those... Sorry. <laughs> Allison, you were saying? Yeah, I was just going to say, so I'm a, I, I'm, in, I'm a college student, and I am a film major at a, a fairly sort of bougie college. Um, and so, yeah, you, you get, especially with film students, of, oh, my God, you haven't seen this? How is that possible? And my answer is always just, there's a lot of movies out there. <laughs> right. Because right. A lot of those things. people who say that haven't seen other things. So it's like no one has seen every movie. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I assume uh, at a film school, what they're mostly saying you haven't seen is Caddyshack. Yeah, oh, 100%. You haven't seen Caddyshack? Yeah, yeah. My mom brags about how many times she's seen Caddyshack, because she worked in a movie theater the summer that that came out. <laughs> um, and it was like a three-screen, small suburban movie theater. So she's like, yeah, I think I've seen Caddyshack at least 30 times. <laughs> that is quite wow. the brag. That is, and Caddyshack is great. Like, we're all in agreement here that Caddyshack is terrific. It is it is the best um, slobs versus snobs movie out there. Um, That's saying Caddysh- a lot, though. There's a lot of good slobs v. snobs. There movies. are, but Caddyshack 2 never happened. We can all agree <laughs> that was a fever dream that Jackie Mason had that never happened. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, in the whole, it, it's in the pit with Godfather 3. Godfather 3, um, Blues Brothers 2000... Yeah, there's a whole bunch of movies that never happened. Well, I did not know you were a film major, Allison. So uh, I, we have another filmmaker uh, friend, David Schneider, um, who's been on. And I keep telling him, but now I've got you, so I'm going to pitch you two against each other to be the first to put me in to something. To clarify, I'm actually, my major is called radio, television, and film. I, I'm more interested in the television stuff. but uh, Well, I'll be on TV, too. Uh, but okay. this is the thing. I, I want to get my SAG card. As and and this will be my only role, 
as man at urinal. I'll have maybe one speaking line just so I can get the card. So uh, if you can if you can make that happen for me when you when you graduate, I'd be much obliged. In any case, I'll do my best. Uh, yeah, I I think um, it it's a trade off, but it sounds like Allison, you you kind of used our method when we were growing up as well. Like you discovered CDs and stuff at the library or at the at the uh, music store um, before you were using the internet anyway, which is kind of what we did. Um, it's nice to have all the info out there, but the but we what we talked about on the previous episode was kind of the thrill of discovery um, that that you don't get as much now with the internet because everything's right there. But it sounds like you had a little bit of that too. Like you would well, you would go and, and I think there's sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say I think there's still kind of a thrill of discovery because as much as everything's there, some things are a lot harder to you know you won't just run across them accidentally. Um, you have to sort of know what you're looking for. That's true. Um, but, but well, as we spoke of, um, back, back in our day, um, it, for me and, and I think will as well, it was, it was like a bus ride to go to the cool music store. Like you had to invest a lot of time and you didn't have, uh, that much money. And so you had to be, you had to really be focused on, on finding the exact right thing, which is not, not nearly as difficult now, especially when you can buy a single song and or or even listen to samples, you know. For sure, yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about the internet that I think is maybe not always remembered by people is that people, in theory, it makes it a lot easier to find a much wider variety of things. But kind of a big part of the reason why I cling to physical media is there are just, there are plenty of things that are not on the internet and because of that may die out in public knowledge completely. So, for example, I am a big fan of uh, the television show Murphy Brown. And Murphy Brown is not really a thing you can find to download or stream anywhere on the internet. There's not enough Candace Bergen available for download. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. Can you get the complete... The complete uh, season, all the seasons of Murphy Brown on DVD. Well, so that's the problem: is that NBC or CBS, CBS released the first season, and not enough moms were out there to buy it. So they have never released the other nine seasons. However, a third-tier cable network has now started rerunning them, and then puts them on the on-demand section of the of the cable. So that is my only way to watch all the other nine seasons of Murphy Brown. Right. Where are you going to get your crazy. fix for your Frank Fontanas, your Jim Dials, your Corky Sherwood, later Corky Sherwood Forest? Where are you it's going to joke. get this stuff? Right. It's, it's a, such a great show. And that's a great show in terms of the idea of reference holes and how there's a lot of those jokes I'll get. I, I get a lot of those uh, politicians and and popular movies of the time but occasionally there's one that i don't know and so it's nice to be able to look it up because as dated of a show as that is i think it still holds up yeah john john and i have talked about this before i don't understand why the owners of this these properties don't make stuff like this that you can't get anywhere else streaming because they're going to make a penny per episode anyway and why not have it that way instead of not available at all it, 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 it's probably not a rights issue like WKRP in Cincinnati since it's being able to, to show on cable. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, why Isn't not? WKRP all on DVD? Yeah, no, but they is. had to take a lot of music out. Yeah, first season is only, I, I believe. Oh, but, I thought they had the whole thing. Oh, maybe That's they do. Nice. But yeah, There's they, at least two. They had to remove all of the original music and, and put it. Oh, like Daria. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah, and. I think that was the problem with the state too for a while. And yes, uh, also the it, one of the issues where where Get a Life wasn't on DVD because there were you know anything that uses original music. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, that uses existing um, music um, runs into that licensing issue. But yeah, that's why the state wasn't out. So lesson here, kids: write your own music for your stuff. That way, you can license it yourself. Yeah. Well, I was going to say one. One thing that was nice pre-internet, um, for me anyway, was um, when I would write papers for school and uh, I would have to have like sources and a bibliography and stuff, I would literally make up quotes and then make up books 
Because no and one could be, check. Because who the hell was going to check it? Yeah, nowadays it's, that's nearly impossible. Yeah. Back in the 80s, I just referenced Wikipedia, and they had no way to check that. Yeah, that was you were forward thinking. Thanks. Reference a thing that doesn't exist yet. Very smart. You what? will be proven right eventually. Is that what Minority Report's about? Haven't seen it. How dare I not see my Minority Report? The Tom Cruise gem. Right? Where have I been the last 15 years? Based on a Philip K. Dick novel. Mm-hmm. I is. saw that with you, didn't I, John? You did. See, we saw it. At, uh, we saw it. <laughs> we saw it in Oakland. Yeah. It was not a. It was about Wikipedia, and it was not a very good action movie. But it was not the best action movie about Wikipedia. No. Um, I, again, that would be Caddyshack. Um, well, I think uh, I know Allison. You're pressed for time. I think we can probably wrap it up. Have we decided who wins? Well, we're all kind of the same, so. I think where it comes out. I think I won. I think Pat wins with Allison coming in second because she manages to have the best of all worlds when it comes to these things. Yes, I agree. Uh, So, Allison, you're the winner of this podcast. USA. USA. (laughs) And by that, I mean the USA Network because I want to go watch 10 episodes of Law & Order SVU. Excellent. Oh, no, Pat. All right. Pat and I have a problem with SVU. But, but I, we won't get into Wait, that on this episode. The problem is that no, there you aren't have to get enough of them. The, no, the, no. What what is your problem with SVU? <laughs> it's the, I think it's the salacious and sensationalistic nature of the stories. And uh, <laughs> yeah, why is that a problem? <laughs> it it comes off as a bit exploitative to me. And um, <laughs> and Ice T is on it. Which is great. That's the only thing I and like Richard about it. Richard Belzer is on it. Say, he Richard believes Belzer. in the Loch Ness Monster. And he's playing oh, the same the character as Homicide, which is pretty cool. But I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I dislike it for the same reasons John brought up. Well, I, I don't know. They're, they're kind of turning me around now. I, I, I'm alone to center, as usual. Uh, USA, uh, what was the name, what was the name of the show I always supported on USA, John? Uh, House? No. Oh, it was the... Uh, Oh man, the race is about to start. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, uh, someone feels the need to rev up their thing on the quiet. Oh Jesus! God. Wow, James Dean and Sal Minio outside your apartment. Um, That's not going to end well. Uh, the show that we liked, Pat, is the Justice, Jessica Sinclair and Lennon Parham show, but I cannot remember the name of it. Playing House. Playing House. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. That's still on. Yeah, I know, I know. We were just thinking. You made it sound like it was a show from 10 years ago. It felt like 10 years ago. It's been so long since they've had a new episode. Let's get to recommendations. Asians, Asians, Asians. All right. Um, All right, uh, Will, why don't you go first with your pop culture recommendation? Um, The best thing that you could be doing with your time right now is watching uh, Going Deep with David Reese, which is on... The National Geographic Channel, or as the kids call it, Nat Geo. Um, it is absolutely Allison, the kids terrific. kids really call it that? Yes, they I do. I think they do, yeah. Kids wow. love Nat Geo. Kids call it the Nat Geo. Going Deep with David Reese is a wonderful show that takes um, very simple ideas, like um, how to tie your shoe or uh, how to dig a hole and makes very entertaining TV shows about them. I That sounds right up my alley. Um, it's really good. David Reese um, wrote the book called How to Sharpen Pencils, which is fantastically entertaining. Um, he is a very funny guy. Um, I cannot recommend it highly enough. That, that sounds awesome. And I am somebody who has all the motor skills of a uh, dying orangutan, so... Uh, I would, yeah, I'd be into that. Um, you will love it. Allison, have you got a recommendation? Yeah, so um, there is a podcast that I've been into since kind of just it started, but they're really getting into a very good swing of things. It's called The Weekly Dictator. Um, they are not famous people, but it is uh, three people who talk about history every week, uh, but in a comedic light, because only one of them actually knows anything about history. Um, and so they do, each week they do an episode on a different dictator, like Manuel Noriega. They did a two-part Reagan special where they went to the Ronald Reagan Museum. Uh, 
and then they also just sort of goof around on other topics and they all have very different bases of knowledge. So it's it's a really fun listen and it's probably out of all of the many podcasts I listen to, the one that feels the most like these are just people who are your friends that you are hanging out with. But they also to... talk about history. What is the name that of it again? Right gonna, up my alley. Yeah, I'm going to subscribe we- to that. Weekly Dictator. Weekly Dictator. Excellent. Uh, Pat? I, my recommendation is a novel by Andy Weir, who was this pretty weird but funny webcomic artist, author for a while. He did Casey and Andy and um, Chess Sire Crossing. And uh, The Martian is just about an astronaut that gets stuck on Mars and has to come up with ways to survive until the, the probe comes back. And most of it seems pretty scientifically accurate which is fun and it's really well written and a good story and great characters all right um i am going to so my pop culture recommendation is uh it came about uh for situational reasons so this this has been a pretty uh pretty heavy week in the news um what with robin williams and ferguson and everything for some reason it it all kind of hit me pretty hard and it's i've been a little bummed out and uh and then for some uh, for some just random reason, uh, we, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, saw a Midnight Oil video. And uh, this will not win me any cool points, but I'm going to recommend Midnight Oil, the band. Um, I, I, when I was watching it, it struck me that um, I miss this kind of music. Uh, they're, they're talking about politics, uh, which is all but disappeared from all popular music and and you know i get why people will talk shit about them because they they kind of write anthems um but you know i i don't mind an anthem now and again and uh and i found the music quite stirring and and just it's nice to hear people give a shit uh when you and really uh much like they they they're more clash than you two to me there's no none of the bono's ego involved uh in, in my Midnight Oil songs and getting uh, songs about uh, the mistreatment of minors and Aboriginal land rights onto the U.S. charts is pretty much a cultural fucking miracle, if you ask it's me. It's pretty great. It's pretty good work. Yeah. So Midnight Oil, that's my recommendation. Excellent. They were very good. I, I saw them live back in the early 90s and Excellent really enjoyed thing. it. Yeah. They put on a great show and... Um, they're probably due for a little uh, critical reevaluation. I think so, yeah. And I, I saw them on the, I saw them a few times. I saw them on a Diesel and Dust tour, and in '88, I guess. And they had a uh, a Native American band open, and then the middle band was an Australian Aborigine band, which uh, was pretty cool and probably not what the audience was expecting. So, yeah, right. there was you that, go. Was that Hunters and Collectors who were opening for them? Hunters and Collectors open for them in, on the Blue Sky Mining Tour. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is when I saw them. Yeah. So, okay. Um, Pat, you want to give the spiel? Oh, like us on Facebook. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com if you have any questions or want to be on the show or anything like that. Oh, or if you have you, – we haven't gotten any advice questions yet, so please. Yeah, we want to start an us. advice column on this show, so. Please do You know, because who doesn't want advice from a bunch of cool 40-year-old dudes? Right, that's no, right. nothing. Look, Idiots. Um, let's not let's not forget white dudes, because nobody gives advice like white dudes. Please, do. uh, exactly. If history has taught us nothing, which it's it hasn't, that, exactly. it's that you can never go wrong listening to white dudes, right? No. Yes, I could be wrong on that. Fairly privileged white dudes in their forties. Yes. Yeah. No, please don't don't listen to us. We don't know what we're doing. But that, that's that's another form of advice column where you can just do the opposite. So in any case, write to us with uh, advice questions. And, uh, oh, rate us highly on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. Yeah, and if uh, if you're a friend of Will or Allison and you'd like to be on, we'll have you on. What the hell? We don't, and we uh, we are not beholden to, uh, to advertisers, which is one way of saying we're not popular. But uh, you'll never have to listen to any of that. So, excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for coming on. Yeah. Thanks uh, a lot. This, this is great. A, yeah. Really fun conversation. Happy to be here. Thank you. And thank you. Yes, you're welcome back anytime. Um, so until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
down this track.